This is The Nature of Invisible Things with your host, Erin Kelly. Stories and conversations exploring the magic, mysticism, and creativity of the road less traveled. Hello and welcome. This is the Nature of Invisible Things, the podcast. I'm your host, Erin Kelly, and I'm so glad you're here. This is season one, episode two, and I am joined today by the incredible Natasha Levinger. And Natasha is the author of the book, Healing Your Inner Child, Reparenting Yourself for a More Secure and Loving Life, which is being translated into three languages and has sold thousands of copies. She's also a therapeutic, intuitive, medium, energy healer, and inner child healing expert who empowers self-healers to release doubt, connect to their intuition, and heal what is blocking them from it. She is the host of the podcast, Getting to Know Woo, dedicated to destigmatizing the woo to show how powerful those tools are for liberation from past conditioning. Her trauma-informed approach is infused with humor and compassion. And I am so excited for you to hear our conversation. It is so rich with so many things. And, you know, we talk about a variety of things. One, just you'll hear about my experience working with Natasha on inner child work. And what's what I like about this part is you get to hear how like it wasn't an instantaneous thing for me. This was actually something that um, after working with Natasha, it continued to develop and unfold naturally over time. That's the thing when we are working on repatterning conditioning or uh, beginning to develop like new beliefs or new ways of acting and being in the world. You know, that's not instantaneous. Like I, I always liken it to like a muscle, you know, you have to work it out. If you, if you don't use your muscle mass, you know, you lose it over time. And I think when we are integrating parts of ourselves like that is practice like we're not always going to do it perfect all the time and I love our conversation about approaching the process and these parts of ourselves with compassion and also just knowing that growth you know takes time the other thing that we talk about is how intuition is really not a gift I mean I think being able to connect to it in an embodied way and accept it might be considered a gift I don't know that might be stretching it a little too far but everyone everyone has the ability to um, connect to their intuition and really wanting to normalize utilizing it and it's a really interesting conversation um, around that. And then the other thing, we hear a little bit about Natasha's journey and how she discovered what I'm going to call is her niche. Natasha is multidimensional and has many, many skills, but, you know, she's really known for her inner child work. And we were going to hear about how she found that and got to develop her specialty. Some of the other things we talk about is naming oneself as an intuitive, you know, stepping out publicly and really being comfortable with the fact that there are some folks that aren't going to like that and some people aren't going to like you and they're going to think, you know, what you do is strange and weird and about just being a weirdo. And another really rich part of our conversation is for folks that 
know or feel like they have some trouble connecting to their intuition or they want to start reconnecting to their intuition, Natasha has some really great ways to think about um, how to do that and how to start doing it. And it's super accessible and wonderful. And we also talk about the gift of knowing yourself. And I think the way Natasha describes it is just so perfect. You know, she talks about how it is a birthright to know ourselves. And when we have these tools to help break up conditioning that isn't really part of us and our true self can begin to emerge and that liberation that happens, how that is just, it's our birthright to know ourselves and how um, you know, think about how if everyone really knew themselves and knew who they were and their desires and, you know, what weren't afraid to look at their shadow, the type of world we'd live in. So I am just going to get right to it. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome, Natasha. I'm so excited that you're here on the Nature of Invisible Things podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Such an honor. I'm so excited. Um, as folks that subscribe to the Substack might know, I first came across your work in 2021 uh, through Britton LaRue. I was in a soft strength container that mm. she had at the time. And one of the recommendations was, hey, if you have inner child work that you'd like to explore, Natasha is an excellent resource for that. And I think as soon as I saw the link, I like booked it like right away, <laughs> maybe within it. two weeks, I had a <laughs> session and I just, you know, it was a bit, if I'm honest, the session itself was a bit confronting um, because I, mm-hmm. one, I didn't know what to expect and it presented me with um, I cut because I think I came into it with like Natasha. I have to fix my inner child, and oh. you were like, um, "That's not quite how it works. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's actually nothing wrong with your inner child. She's trying to get your attention, and it really." Oh, that's me. funny that that felt confronting. I was like, "I'm not usually like a confronting." No, like, it wasn't not, you. Uh, with, yeah, <laughs> it was like within myself. It showed me that like I'd been approaching. I'd been approaching my inner child all wrong. And that's Mm. likely why I was getting the reaction that I was like, Mm. I thought she had problems that I needed to fix. And she, she did, but not in the same way. I'm thinking the problem was with her, but the problem was with me creating a safe space for her to exist within. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could even say, um, I mean, I'm not trying to like be a Pollyanna and like, there's no right. problems, but I do think it's helpful to think of it less in terms of there's a problem and more in terms of how can I build connection to mm-hmm. all the parts of myself and feel more integrated. And if there, when there are parts of ourselves that are critical and loud. I mean, yes, you could say technically that's a problem because we don't want to exist like that. But yeah, when we look at it like we have to fix it, then that's a that's just another inner child part that feels that way. 
Right. And yeah. so my session with you kind of showed me all of those things and helped shift the perspective of how I was looking at it and approaching it. And yeah. over the course of about six months, I continued to kind of work around that. And mm. I had um, a really wonderful experience, maybe about nine months later, it was like the Pisces new moon kind of time frame in like 2022. Mm. And I had this experience of energetically my inner child, like running up and jumping into my arms. Oh, stop. And I have to tell you, it was one of the most beautiful, energetic, resonating type of experiences that I ever had. And I knew it was, it was, it started back when, when we had Mm, our session. So that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, as a, you're you also being a practitioner sometimes you well oftentimes you don't know how things will land or like it's just really um it's just really nice to hear about like it growth sometimes takes a while and you know the these seeds that are not that I'm planting seeds, but whatever, you know, when you sometimes these things that, that we say and the energy that we give forth, it, it, it's all, um, there's an important reason for it. I think, I think there's a reason people come to us and like, even if we can't see it, it doesn't matter. It's like their spirit, my spirit or your spirit, you know, it's there for a bigger reason than we even know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really lovely. And I would love if you would share, how would you describe yourself presently? And you can include your, your big three for folks if you'd like as well. Oh, sure. Well, I'm an Aquarius sun. My birthday's in, well, I don't know when you're going to post this, but in at this time, it's in a couple of (laughs) weeks. And Libra moon and Pisces rising like you. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, except you told me that my Pisces was in a my Pisces rising was in a helpful place. It's in a juicy. <laughs> it's in a juicy part of Pisces. Yes, yeah, for so sure. That was that was the first time I'd heard that. That was mm-hmm. nice to hear. Um, so how would I describe myself as a practitioner or as a human? Either one. Either what's way. Your, what you're called to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Honestly, it's kind of both. I mean, I mean, really at this point, my work is just so much an extension of who I am in the world, which is really, um, I guess, a, I was going to say a seeker, but also like, I feel like I exist in the (laughs) spiritual realms much more than in the physical, which actually I just found out today has something to do like autistic people, which I am undiagnosed, but I am almost positive I am. And I have a child who is, and I'm almost positive my mom was, but anyway, have a harder time with their internal body connection, like feeling it, which is definitely my experience. Um, and yeah, but I always thought that was like, oh, it's because I'm on Pisces rising and Libra. <laughs> And also Aquarius, not very body oriented. Um, And part of who I am is uh, this whole description, which is not 
linear. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've yeah. already gone off on a tangent. No. Within my description. Yeah. But I am very spiritually focused and driven and um, interested. I'm, I also have ADHD. That's very much part of who I am too, um, just in terms of how it shows up for me. And um, it's interesting because in a session with people, so the work I do is energy work. I'm an intuitive and a medium and reader and energy healer. So I look at whatever's coming up for people on an energetic level. Um, and when I'm in that space, I guess it's like a hyper-focused space for me. It's very easy for me to be in that place, focused in that place. Um, but when I'm talking about myself, I'm like, who am I? <laughs> right. <laughs> like today, that actually means I had this, um, I did a uh, galactic hypnosis session with, I think, are you friends with her too? Maybe Lisa Quigley. Oh, I know, I know Lisa through proxy, but I haven't, okay. we haven't actually spoken to each other. Oh, okay. Before. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a good friend of mine and she, um, gave, she, she was like doing session, uh, practicing it, but it's like, she's already there. She does not need to be practicing it, but I went into this galactic life. <laughs> We're just going right into it here, Aaron. Yeah. Um, I went into this galactic lifetime and it was just like, so me it was like oh but this is who I am mm -hmm. and I did hear when I was there like this is where you're from this is where you'll come back to this is who you are and so that's really what I'm feeling I am and in that world it's essentially like it's a very female dominated energy and which I've always felt extremely feminine and um just like my purpose is to spread love. And I do feel like that's what I'm here to do through whatever modality I'm working with at that time. I also just finished a hypnosis training. So I'm like so obsessed with learning all of this stuff and how I can help people and myself through it. Mm -hmm. Very Jupiterian. So Pisces oh. rising ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is really focused on growth and expansion. And I also am a Pisces rising. Yes. <laughs> so like I can understand that as yeah. well. And um, yeah. And so, you know, whichever modality you'd like to speak about, um, maybe starting back in the beginning, like when did you first become aware that how you experience energy or your your ability to connect in that way was not something that everybody just did. Huh. That's an interesting question because I actually think everybody can mm -hmm. and and does. They just don't know it, maybe. <laughs> right. Um, so I never had that feeling. What the feeling, I guess, which is a very maybe Aquarian feeling, is that I'm a weirdo in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't attribute that to being extremely sensitive. Um, although, yeah. And also I grew up, well, I grew up a lot of places, but when I was eleven, we moved to Northern California, which is very um you know, open to woo stuff. And um, so it wasn't like 
weird to be exploring that. Like I saw my first psychic when I was 15, a friend was like, I'm going to see this person. And I was like, Oh, I want to go, you know, it's just like in the world. So I don't know. I've never thought of myself as, uh, I mean, I, anybody can learn this and mm -hmm. I just, um, yeah, to go on a tangent, but, um, my husband just like completely opened up to his abilities recently, which was amazing. And um, so, yeah, I just, it's, I guess I never really thought of it that way. It was more like, oh, she can do that. This psychic lady. Then I started seeing a lot of intuitives and then I was just like, I want to do this. I want to learn how to do this. Not for a living either. It was right. not, it was not, I didn't start doing that until about five and a half years ago. Um, so I was a writer and an actor and I just wanted to do it. Cause I was like, I want to do, I want to, yeah, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And where I was coming from is I totally agree with you. Everybody is and can, yeah. but not some of us, um, either the, how we grow up or whether because of fear or might not, we, we kind of shut that part down sometimes. Yeah. And so sure. maybe it's, and, and I don't always know that it's a conscious choice. You know, that's part yeah. of what I'm curious about exploring uh, in this mm. series is about kind of how those things came to be. Yeah. My... Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I don't know. I've always been a weirdo like this. Like I have when I was like nine, <laughs> I um, would read the obituaries and then write people's names <laughs> and talk to them at night. Like I began oh, wow. to have this list where I would just be I mean, and I didn't like experience at that time a communication. I was just talking to them. So mm. I've just always been um I don't know. I'm, I I feel like it must be a Pisces rising thing. I've been really just interested by it. But it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, this may be answering a different question, but mm -hmm. that's OK. Um, I grew up with a emotionally abusive, narcissistic mother, and um, I had a very difficult, uh, specifically teenage years, like well, like 11 to 15 or so. And when I, I came to a point um, where I realized like nothing's going to shift. Like I'm going to, I live here on earth. I'm going to stay here on earth. So therefore I want to know how to do this in a way that makes me happier. And I, that's when I started reading self-help books basically and I found this book by Sinea Roman living with joy and that was like the first my entry which she channels the spirit Orin so that was like the beginning of my own spiritual journey mm -hmm. yeah and if you could go back in time would you do anything differently or would it just still, do you think unfolds like knowing what you know mm. now, like, would you, would you change anything about how uh, you approach that approach? Which part learning, what? learning how to uh, connect. Um, well, the, I have thought about this a lot and I do go back in time a lot. <laughs> so I don't believe in time. <laughs> so I have, Actually, one of my like formative 
experiences when I was five, my mom was being mean to me and she shut the door and um, I heard very clearly what I thought was God saying, um, you're going to be stronger for this and you're going to come out of this stronger because of this experience. And I thought it was God, but since then I have gone back in time so much like doing inner child work and like doing tapping on myself and um, uh, that energetic tapping EFT and all of like, I go back to those times. And now I, like at one point I went back to that bedroom and essentially said that. And I was like, Oh my God, I think I was hearing myself, not God. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I can't, we can go back in time, but, um, no, as far as my journey, the only thing I thought about is I wish because the school I did go to, to learn my, um, energetic psychic tools is in San Francisco. And I wish I had like just done it then because it had just mm -hmm. opened at that time. That's my only thing. If I could, I would have just started all of that. But anytime I think about doing things differently, then I'm like, well, but the main thing is I wouldn't have met my husband. And I'm like, well, then like I wouldn't want to do anything to mess that up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I don't want to get in the way of that. Yeah. I'm always just curious because sometimes I think like, oh, I call how I got to where I'm at, like taking the long way round or the scenic route. Mm, yeah. I read that. In <laughs> yeah. Yourself. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, would there have been any other way to, to like really get to the point of me a little bit sooner? And I haven't mm -hmm. really come up with a, a good way. And so yeah. that's kind of where that, um, yeah, where that question lies. Yeah, I mean, I because I was learning this stuff so early, like 16, you can't get much. I mean, that's pretty early. But yeah, that's the only thing is learning these tools would have been life changing. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I often think about my formative years in um, elementary school and high school and middle school, all of those things. And but like, how I had a really hard time surprise. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, uh, and I'm, yeah. and I think about like all of these other life skills, like around emotional intelligence, not even in this way, like connecting and developing, um, psychic ability, but just, just being aware of like, Hey, it's okay to feel big emotions and hard things. And, you know, there's so many, so many things that we don't learn. We just yeah. find out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was definitely not safe for me to feel big feelings in my house. Mm -hmm. So in that way, there's nothing that could have been done. That's why I'm going to the tools. Like if I had had those tools to learn gotcha. how to survive my mother, um, that would have been. And also my dad, I guess. I mean, he was more positive, but still. Um, yeah, that's why I say that. Because any of this, these mindset tools, which I also do teach and believe in really strongly. I mean, yes, it would have definitely helped. Um, and some, I remember I also read this book called how to live in the world and still be happy by this guy, Hugh, Prater, <laughs> which sounds like such a sad title, but it, it's just like, a. I think it's a mindset book. So mm -hmm. that kind of thing, it did help me because I was like, well, I can't view her as my enemy. 
So how can I exist? And it was a lot of like accepting what is, which is really, uh, yeah, very helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there, I, yeah, I mean, I wish they would teach kids stuff like that. We're definitely teaching our kids that like a lot of tools, but yeah, the feelings piece, I don't know. That one, that was not allowed. <laughs> well, exactly. In my house, it wasn't allowed either. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, and you know, the Pisces rising parts of us, we feel very deeply, mm. <laughs> yeah. very, very deeply. And to not be able to express that and not know how to deal with it. So, yeah, I love how you explained it as like the tools for like being able to process that or understand that in some way at an age appropriate level too, obviously, because if you're eight, you're probably not, or at least I wasn't probably able to think about it in that same way. A lot of it is just like, well, why is this happening? Or like what, you know, just, I feel like I'm wrong and I'm not quite sure why that is. And I feel alone and scared because the people I'm supposed to depend on are not able to meet my needs. And that's like an adult, that's adult Aaron talking right, about it. Right. But that's, you know, able Probably to like, little Aaron blamed herself because that's what kids do. Yeah. Exactly. I'm actually writing um well I'm I'm I wrote a proposal for a book and then I intend to write it whether like either myself or if it gets picked up, but um about um energy healing and mindset tools for highly sensitive and neurodivergent kids Mm. because yeah you don't need to understand and also and the people who love them is right what the title is but um it's yeah you don't have to understand even as adults we don't have to understand to use these tools that's what's so amazing about them right um that's like yeah, you can tell how passionate I am because I'm like, I'm writing this book and I'm teaching this. I also am going to teach a class on energy healing tools for people with ADHD because that is the thing that helped my ADHD the most was like as soon as I started le- learning these tools, I was like, I stopped losing things all the time. I was like able to be grounded. It was, yeah, so helpful. Yeah, Um for, for me, it was similar in the sense that I, st- well, I'm like, one, I want to take that class. And then two, <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like, for me, um, the, there are parts of me that really like routine and then figuring out like working with my natural rhythms versus like trying to work against them, which yeah. again, I hate to go back to like elementary school, but so much of public school system or how I experienced it was like, making you conform to learning a certain way or sitting a certain way, like, and, and, you know, folks that are neurodivergent just don't experience, don't experience it in the same way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's also why we homeschooled our kids for a long time. Cause it's like, how is this supposed to work? It's just, yeah, it's very much for neurotypical. I mean, I understand why they have to, have some kind of order Mm -hmm. so it makes sense on some level but yeah it's very invalidating for Mm -hmm. people who don't naturally fall into that and I think it's also like very um reinforcing for people pleasers oh yes (laughs) 
Yeah. So if that's your trauma, it's like, uh, yeah, that's just going to reinforce it for however many years you're in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I, you know, learned to get along and uh, was to pretend to be something I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's yeah. How, how I got through. And I was raised by um, a parent who loved school, had the mm-hmm. best time in school, mm-hmm. was popular, yeah, and wow. couldn't couldn't relate to my experience because that's mm-hmm. not how school is. Right, right. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I can't wait to get out of here, you yeah. know? And so what were, was that your mom? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's fine if she had a different experience, if she could also validate your experience. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so on your path to developing, so you mentioned like you started this process of learning around the age of 16, but it was only in the past five years that you began to do it professionally. So in between that time, were you utilizing it for friends, family, yourself, or like, how did you stay connected to it and then eventually come to do it professionally? Yeah. So I learned it over, I guess, wow. I think it's been 22 years, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. So I learned it then. And then I, because it was a very, so I was in New York and this was before they taught classes online. So this, um, my teacher taught me and another person, it was just like the three of us every week for two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. In our, my apartment, my various places, I, I, in that time period got, uh, I actually may have gotten married, divorced and then remarried, or maybe it was just divorced and remarried. But anyway, she, I was just picturing her going to all the different apartments and I went, <laughs> that's why <laughs> I went off on that tangent. Um, but, um, yeah. So, and then after that, she and I traded every week. So it was just like in my system, I was just doing it for that whole time period. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would do it for friends, but it's interesting. I just didn't even, yeah, I didn't think about, I didn't think about doing it professionally because that wasn't where my head was at, but that's how I kept up with it. Mm-hmm. And so did you, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so it was just more of like the desire to continue developing the skill. Well, it was, I just really loved getting readings every week. <laughs> it wasn't like, <laughs> oh God. I, yeah. So we yeah. just traded with each other. It was basically my therapy. Like wow. it was funny because the person that at one point I did go back to therapy for a little bit. And the other person that I trained with was like, well, I don't, need therapy I just do this and I'm like well but it's still nice to have other I actually I'm not anti-therapy but I do believe at a certain point the intellectual understanding is no longer helping growth like it's depends with from for everyone I do think with narcissistic abuse especially that it's helpful to have an understanding because you've been gaslit but regard that's another tangent but um yeah, but basically I was just trading. I was like mm-hmm. getting energy healings and and help 
Um, so that's what it was. That's why I kept up with it. It wasn't necessarily for my, to keep up with my skill, but I, yeah, so I'm sure I would have missed it if I wasn't doing that, Mm -hmm. but, but I always was. Yeah. And what was the most challenging or one of the biggest lessons you've learned in your journey of exploration? Um, in my journey of exploration in terms of the work itself. Mm-hmm. Or, um, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I think in the beginning, I mean, it's just, it's constant, right? So in the beginning, it was um, learning, uh, learning boundaries and like f- knowing the difference between myself and other people and like really not taking on other people's stuff. Um, that was the biggest, like just knowing myself more from an energy level. Um, that was the, but did you ask challenge? Um, I can't think of, I mean, it didn't ever feel challenging it just felt like exciting I mean I think in the beginning maybe the fact that I could well okay I will say this when we were done with our training and my teacher was like okay do you want to trade I was like uh what (laughs) like I'm I was like how that was scary that was challenging wow and but her faith in me was super helpful because I was like, I don't know if I will be able to see things like you can see. And she's like, you'll be able to like it, for her. It was just like a non issue. And I think that's not because like I'm such an amazing practitioner, although I do think I'm obviously I think I'm good at it. But um, it's just what we were talking about before. It's just like, yeah, you it's tools. That's really what it is. We're all born with this. It, it actually, you know what? I was just listening to this. Um, uh, I think it was a podcast where this medical intuitive was talking about how <laughs> she was kind of funny because she was a little abrasive, but she was talking about how like we shouldn't look at intuition as a gift because it's not a gift. We're just born with it. And if we think of it as a gift, then we're making it special. Like it's something we can't have, or it's like only certain people have this gift, which I totally agree with. And I love that. Like she just said it in a kind of a funny way, but it's like, I love normalizing that. And so that's what my teacher really did for me at the time was just like normalized it. Like, no, you can do this. So that was the most challenging. I think just like the first time reading for her was intimidating, but then it was like, Oh, yeah. And then the more I did it, you know, that's how I started specializing in inner child work, because when I started doing it professionally, I could see, oh, behind almost everybody's core, like whatever it is they're bringing up, what's underneath it is the inner child. Like I would see that underneath all of them. So um, it's just like as you do it, you kind of learn your own specialty or your own like unique way of being able to perceive the energy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, that was challenging for sure at first. Yeah. How fortunate to have like such a supportive mentor and opportunity to both give and receive in that way. Uh, It sounds like a really rich time uh, yeah, it's thing. funny because she's very um, like pragmatic, actually. It didn't feel like, 
oh, she like that's why I was like, it's not like she was like, I see something in you. Right. <laughs> you know, it was just like, yeah, you can do this. I've been teaching it to you for two years. Obviously, you can do it. That's just and she wanted trades, you know, like she wanted right. to do. So it was just like, let's just do this, which mm -hmm. I really actually love because it's further. I mean, that's why I love um, this work and why I started my podcast, um, Getting to Know Woo is what it's called, because it's like my I'm really passionate about teaching people or talking about showing people how this is all really actually just very pragmatic, practical stuff. And even though I like, you know, can be very Pisces and like, ooh, not as you know, I love floating in the, you know, we started this conversation about me having, being in my galactic life. <laughs> it's still like I'm anchored in my physical reality of like, I have a business and I take care of two children and I have a marriage and, you know, I'm, I, I attribute a lot of that to the energy tools of, yeah, like I said, just that it is a practical skill actually. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, it sounds like just in this chat about reframing the, the gift or the ability to connect to intuition and, you know, to connect in a, uh, psychically that it's actually the conditioning that we have maybe societal in society about yes. whether this is valid or true or, um, you know, there's a lot of stereotype out there about when we think about psychic. I know when I first was coming into even being able to call myself an astrologer felt a little too out there for me. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, how, I know it's crazy, but it's yeah, yeah, it's just wild how much we are conditioned. Yeah, right. Like I would have, um, I grew up in the time where they would have uh, TV commercials for psychics and like Miss Cleo, right? It's like, right, like who right. comes to mind. And, um, it, and there was just such a, uh, stigma around like who would utilize that. And, oh, if you need that. And really it's, it's something that we all have and can do. And so, yeah, it's really fascinating. Well, it's the same with therapy too. I mean, therapy's a little, is more, accepted but it's the same thing what you just described that a lot of like oh if you need therapy there's something wrong with you instead of like no we need to understand ourselves better to be better to show up for each other to be more connected to just be a human in the world and of course that is very anti-capitalist you know why although i mean obviously people charge for their work but i just mean like well how's that going to serve capitalism to know myself better <laughs> right know? to know well because if there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> then right. we can't we can't uh sell you more things and manipulate you into you know uh yeah. feeling bad about yourself yeah it's it was so it's interesting like to get to this point where you start to or i've experienced of late some more liberation just around my self-concept and and being okay with people judging me for what I do or for not liking what I do. And that has, has brought me into just a new level of comfort with me as a, yeah. a person, you know, and yeah. knowing that it's okay that, yeah. you know, I don't, not everybody is my cup of tea. Right. Exactly. <laughs> either. Exactly. So it's okay. 
I right. just, I, I think I put this in my last Substack that this quote that Elizabeth Gilbert said about like being comfortable with people not liking themselves or not of being comfortable with people not liking them. And I think she said something like, well, yeah, they just don't get your magic then or like they don't, you know, get to experience your magic then. But yeah, it's definitely I come from a comedy background. So and especially then I feel like it is shifting because I have been seeing a lot of um, I have seen a lot of people from that world um, in a professional setting. But um, definitely at the time it was like and I think it still is just a lot of jokes about people mm -hmm. who do this kind of work, you know, and so coming out of that, you know, broom closet or whatever it, it was, it's, it was hard for me too. It's like, oh, that's how people, you know, those people look at people who do this kind of thing. Yes. And when I first started uh, doing astrology, I used the name Vespertine. Like mm -hmm. I had a whole nother identity that mm -hmm. I could separate my professional quote unquote acceptable quote unquote life yeah. from. And it was, you know, recently over the last couple of years, I've been able to uh, merge the two back together because, mm -hmm. and I didn't intend to do that. I was like, that's going to be separate me. And this is going to be, you know, over here. And then yeah. at some point there was just a natural integration reintegration of the two and yeah yeah and it was I think uh, a lot yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead just I think a lot of people do that and I I don't think I did that for that purpose but I my business name was highest light healing I still use that email um but at some point last year I was like I think I just want this to have my name like mm. I don't want to even have my website under a different name. Interesting. Do you know, I didn't even notice that. Like oh, I, did, yeah. I didn't notice the switch like, but yeah, it just, it works. Yeah. That's good. It was seamless. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was just my website was, and my email again, my email, it is nice to have a separate email just so I know what's work and what isn't, but um. But yeah, it just, there was some more, there was more ownership over it when I was like, no, this is just my name. I mean, I'm also, um, well, I mean, like I am a writer also. So part of it was for that reason, like, well, if I write a novel and then that gets confusing because it's like, you know, looking for me and that's separate, but I don't know, it just felt right. Yeah. And I'm curious about, you already talked about like what you, you love about what you do, but I'm curious if there is anything around like what gets you most excited about, like you mentioned the, um, the galactic self, but is there anything else like right now that you feel drawn towards or the next evolution of your, your passion or what you love about what you do? Um. Well, I'm doing this next level of hypnosis training. So that's fun. It's like adding past. I do past lives and readings anyway, if it comes up, but this is like doing it with hypnosis, which is interesting. I'm also studying NLP stuff with it, which is like, a, um, it's called neuro linguistic program. It's like a mindset thing to, mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, yeah. So I'm really interested in linking up the mind stories, helping them to um, catch up with <laughs> the rest of the energetics. Like, um, how do I want to say this? Like, feel if you're stuck in an inner child part and then you can it's hard when you're really merged with an inner child part that's stuck in trauma to bring out that loving inner adult and there's so many ways to do that so i guess that's part of what i'm passionate about too is like finding all the ways to mm -hmm. do that and one of them can be through okay how can we look at this differently to help that inner rescue that inner child um yeah. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, constantly just like, I am really excited about teaching um, just psychic development tools for people with ADHD. Like I said, yeah, it's constant. <laughs> and what advice if, and I don't even know if advice is the right word here, but if there, if someone is feels called to connect to their intuition and what would be one of the first things that like you would recommend that they do yeah so it's really about um self-trust and building self-trust because again yeah the intuition and also maybe thinking of it as like it's not some special gift that is out of reach it's a part of ourselves again not to bring in the patriarchy and capitalism again, but we were taught to just like focus on getting the work done. Like it's only about being productive. And so that doesn't really allow you to tune into all of your different senses and including your intuitive senses. So it's really just starting to trust yourself um, it kind of depends on where they are with that. So if like you are in a place where you can't even trust your decisions about like, let's say what you want for breakfast, my thing is always just start with what's your gut feeling about that? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Did you uh, give yourself two choices and go with your gut feeling about that and then start to um, notice like, okay, yes. I did like that. That was that was my intuitive hit about that. You know, and you can also look back at past choices, like maybe even regrets like, oh, I should have trusted myself with this thing. So what did that feel like in your body? And then getting to know then the next level, if you're um more in touch with your opinions and your knowing and your needs, then you could go to, okay, um, what is like your go-to intuitive feeling? Like, do you have knowings about things or can you, um, there's the whole, I won't go into the whole Claire's, but just like <laughs> starting to trust, <laughs> like when you're getting these intuitive, you can even like tune in, like, what's my feeling about how does tomorrow feel to me right now? Like, what's the energy I'm feeling into about that? And like, start to um, or more specifically what, I don't know, like you can choose something more specific if that's easier, but starting to just like play with it really. And that's the other thing, thinking of it as a playful thing will help bypass that part of you. If you, I mean, we all have it, the, the part of ourselves that are like, if 
you know, if I can't see it, then it's not true. If I can't touch it, then it's not true. If it's like, well, this is just a game, then that part's like, okay, fine. It's a game. I'll let you play a game. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great uh, advice and way to look at it. I love the the gamification takes the fact that there needs to be some sort of particular outcome, like the charge of that disappears. And yes. Yeah. And it, and it's, and it gives parts of us just permission to be in the experience and like tune into that awareness and just start to notice. Yeah. And it's you, I mean, this is you, like we, if you believe at all that you're more than just your physical body, like you're just getting to know, <laughs> you're getting to know, uh, getting to know, woo. you're getting to know all the, just the parts of yourself that you can't see. So like, that's your birthright. Like you have a right to learn to know yourself more, to feel into that. That's like exciting to, to, yeah, know yourself in these other ways. And you deserve to know that. Mm -hmm. Such beautiful language, you know, and there's so there are those parts of ourselves that sometimes they just need permission. Yeah. Yeah. They're in our child parts that are scared. You know, in my everyone has different reasons for it, but it could be like, oh my God, we're going to get out of control. You know, inner child, scared inner child parts like to take things 12 steps ahead. That's how you know that you're in a part if you're doing that <laughs> in yes. all the different ways, either through fear or criticism or whatever. And we love them. You know, they mean their best, but it's just you know, letting them know, like, even just affirming it, like, yeah, this feels scary to you. I get it. You know, mm -hmm. and would you be willing to just let me play with this for a little bit? Yeah. If you let them, if you take them with you, it can, it can make it easier to, to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I also love what you're saying about it being a birthright to know yourself. When I first started exploring astrology, I saw some, a critic, it's, um, there's a lot of critics of astrology, big surprise, <laughs> but there is someone on Twitter or X was saying like, oh, people who are interested in astrology are just narcissistic. And I'm oh like, well, God. duh, we want to know about ourselves. Like, and, that, and yeah. that's not necessarily narcissist, but I can see how no, it, it, is it, not. it comes off that way to people who might not think about it, or they're only thinking about it in like a clinical therapeutic like what's the value here yeah, and i don't know that screams of projection projection <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i'm like yes i am an eighth house sun and moon i'm dying to know who i am thank you very much and it's through this this model that i can see it and i think yeah mm -hmm. giving that permission to play and the permission that it's your birthright to know yourself and to know and to be curious like who we are underneath the conditioning that well, we receive. Yes, yes. And there's a huge difference between narcissism, which is really when you have a high degree of narcissism, you actually aren't very interested in knowing yourself. In fact, people who have that excuse me, people who have that are terrified of knowing themselves, which is why they are so um actually highly sensitive. And if you criticize them or ask them to take responsibility, they lose their minds and project onto you. I speak from having two parents like that. But um, 
you know, that's very, actually, it would have been a huge gift to everybody had my parents wanted to know themselves, wanted to look at their shadows, wanted to like know deeply who they are. That's a gift to everybody around you. The more, Mm -hmm. can you imagine if everybody really knew themselves well and therefore if you're willing to know yourself well, that means that you're willing to look at things that make you uncomfortable. You're willing to look at your shame. You're not knowing narcissism is often uh, one of the traits is only looking at what makes you feel special and what makes you feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a one sided <laughs> and then reject feeling sensitive when people see all the other side, because we all have it. We all have all of it. But yeah, knowing yourself is a is really not just a gift to yourself, but it's a gift to, to everybody. Because then you can be a, when you can tolerate your own shadow, then you tolerate your own shadow in other people. You know, when we feel critical about, that's why I was like, that's a projection. Because when we feel critical of other people, that means like, oh, we don't want to look at this part of ourselves. Yeah. I think one day, science and spirituality will catch up to one another. I do too. And I already think, yeah, I mean, it is starting, it's starting to happen. Um, But yeah, I think it will. Who knows how long? (laughs) Well, Pluto and Aquarius, perhaps. Oh, yeah. I also heard this, um, it was that same intuitive, medical intuitive who was saying that she was saying we're, I don't, know the science behind this but she was saying that we are becoming more energetic like matter i think i have heard this before too where where there the world is becoming less matter and more energy Mm -hmm. and so people are going to be more awake in the 21st century people are going to be coming be become be becoming you know what i'm saying (laughs) interested (laughs) in the energetics of it all wow that's really exciting to to think about. Yeah. You know, and you can see, you know, actually looking generationally, like uh, Gen Z, I know just from, I don't have a whole lot of interaction with Gen Z folks, but. I do. I have a lot of interaction. Yeah. <laughs> with um, the ones that I have had an interaction with, what and, and mostly it was through the workplace. It mm. was really refreshing to kind of see some of the, because uh, I'm Gen X right and yeah, so there's this uh there's this tendency to again be very like well this is just you know how it's always been done and we're just going to continue to do it that way and then to watch the gen z generation kind of stand up and be like yeah. i'm actually not comfortable with this yes because i think That's of amazing. knowing themselves in a way or not just knowing themselves but knowing themselves and then being comfortable expressing it in situations yeah. where they're not the authority and that yeah that's is, amazing it's really impressive and i've learned so much from observing them in their in their yeah. interactions with other folks and so yeah to to me i think that's that's a level of awareness that uh, we haven't had i mean I gender seen. expression too mm-hmm. like my daughter's trans and um you know, a lot of conservative people are up in arms that they're influencing each other. And that's why this is happening. But no, they, you know, they've done studies that have shown like people were up in arms when 
all of a sudden a lot of people said they were left-handed and like they showed the same trend. <laughs> my mother specifically handed things to my right hand. And oh if I picked God. them up with my left, she would oh take them God. out. And oh I have to tell you, I had to go to, I guess it'd be considered like occupational therapy, but I had not really great fine motor skills. Again, like the autism, autism, ADHD, like not necessarily mm. having the mind body connection. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. um, and the hyperflexibility that I have, uh, yeah. it just was really difficult to hold a pencil. Yeah. And I was continually given it in my right hand. And I think I was a lefty yeah. When I, because when I learned to snowboard, I learned goofy. So I think oh. my tendency is to go oh. to the left. And when I was left to my own, anyway, that's a tangent, but that whole thing about like, yeah, the right, yeah. the left hand having some sort of, um, it's like association with like the devil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so something. people weren't comfortable. I wonder why. And like, yeah, we're being trained out of, out of it, which you obviously can't do with gender but you can right. uh, suppress it so yeah and so now this generation it does feel like they're like nope this is who I am I don't know maybe it's in part with having parents that are accepting but no because there's so many parents who are not accepting but um yeah so I I'm very just from knowing my kids and their school environment it does seem exciting Mm -hmm. about what's happening. <laughs> yeah, it is exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's a little bit of I have a little bit of concern just because not everybody is open to change and embraces it. Uh, so, you know, particularly folks in in power don't want to yeah. give that up. And so, you know, the the there's it's likely not going to be easy, but I I'm really very hopeful for the future. Yeah. And uh, I feel pretty, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm in a little bubble, but on TikTok, but like a lot of Gen Z kids follow me and like comment and are interested in knowing themselves and their inner child. And like, it's so, it's really amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, what I wanted to chat about now as we wrap up is um, if you have anything coming up, you had mentioned the ADHD skills class, but I don't know if you have anything else on the horizon and if you could talk about that and then where folks can find you. Yeah. So I don't have anything um, set in stone yet. And in fact, I was like set on creating this class called You Are the Oracle and like all about really tapping into your own skills but at this point just stay tuned because I think probably my psychic reading or energy um, reading skills will maybe be first I don't know there's a lot I'm actually taking a little time I have a mentorship um, so you can work with me over three months um, and um, that I am starting up again I'm going to say in like a month so I'm trying to take this time to just be developing my classes and like mm -hmm. what's most exciting to me. I only teach what's most exciting. So it's like, yeah, so I can't say for sure, 
what's next um, until I'm like, okay, it's out. I, I, like I'm definitely birthing this idea, but you can see me for readings. And um, if you're interested in, in a three month mentorship, I'm, um, you know, we can have a call now to s- if, um, you know, like I'm starting in February, but um, to set that up, you, my book, Healing Your Inner Child, I'm always happy for people to receive that, to get that. Um, yeah, so that's it. Oh, and you can find me on my Substack. Um, that's something I'm really excited about right now. I'm loving writing there. Yeah. I love that community. I love being on Substack. I love your newsletters. Um, they, I love how they're, I love how they're a mix of things too. Like there's, there's something in every single one of them, uh, that is just awesome. I also love how real you are about, um, your enjoyment of reality television. (laughs) That because I feel like I'm interested, people are like, oh, that's like, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. it's entertaining. And I'm interested in people and like, yes, the dynamics. And it's like, Ooh, totally. you know, it's, 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 you know, whatever. No, that's definitely uh, an energy healer who uh, watches reality TV. And I'm not like precious about like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not that sound like I'm judging people which I guess I kind of was, but um, <laughs> I just mean, I'm not like lighting candles when the, when, I have heard about people who like turn their lights off, right. To go with the, the sun going down, which sounds amazing, but I don't know. I have kids and like, I'm not as attuned with my cycles like that. Um, yeah. were you gonna say something? I was going to say, I, I like doing that. I'm sensitive to light. Oh, well, that so I'm, sense. I'm one of those people where like, I need it as dark as possible. For yeah. Care. And that's I'm like, don't funny. turn on the big light unless you want to yeah. feel my wrath. Um, oh, that's so funny that I, that's the thing I picked. I was like picking up on what you do. Yeah. I was just trying to think of what's the opposite of watching Vanderpump rules. And well, that was I like lighting candles. And <laughs> I think there's an accessibility to you. Like you were talking about earlier, oh. like you're a human in the world. Like you have a yeah. business you have children, you have a marriage, like you're, you don't live, um, away from life secluded in a, uh, you know, a monastery in Certainly meditation. Not. All day, we also right? have an innumerable amount of cats <laughs> due to fostering that went awry and three dogs anyway. But yeah, so I guess mainly if, uh, you can find me on my sub stack, which is called coming home and just, you can look on and TikTok. I do love TikTok. Um, and I'm Natasha Levenger there, natashalevenger.com on my website. And we'll link everything in the show notes okay. um, for folks too. So that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. Thank I'm you, so Aaron. thrilled that you were joining us today and yeah. Take thank care. You. Bye. Bye. So that was our conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it and editing it. There's so many great gems in that conversation. And I hope that you'll check out the show notes and uh, check out Natasha's website, buy her book and 
uh, subscribe to her Substack and follow her on TikTok. Do all the things. I'm really excited for these courses that she's working on that are coming up. And yeah, maybe I will see you out there in the ether. I also really love the way Natasha talks about things and and really working to normalize uh, intuition and you know energy work and some of these tools that um, are available to us. And we kind of put outside ourselves or is this, if it's something to aspire to versus something that we actually can all do if we are open to it and practice. And so I, I really love that. Natasha, our conversation really helped me kind of reframe some of the ways that I, I think about this. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that invitation. And yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I am sending you lots and lots of love from all the places in between. Until next time. This has been The Nature of Invisible Things, produced, hosted by Aaron Kelly, artwork by Aaron Kelly, music by Matthew Jai Dev of Audio Soul Healing. 